0: The following episode was recorded live on YouTube for Adulting.TV Live. Welcome to Adulting, a podcast where we want to adult every day. Download episodes at Adulting.TV. Welcome to Adultum.TV Live. I'm Harlan Lennis and I'm here with Miranda Marquette and our guest today is Monica Louie. Monica, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So tell me a little bit about your journey and how you ended up becoming your own boss and what you do.
1: Okay, well, currently I'm a Facebook ads coach, but it's taken a long journey to get here. I kind of followed the normal path of going to college and uh, graduating with, I graduated with a business administration degree with a concentration in finance and started off in the financial services industry. I wanted to be a financial advisor, so I got my securities licenses and I did that. And then I ended up moving to work at a local bank, a local community bank. And from there, then I moved into retirement plan administration. And so I was really trying to find my best fit in the world, which I think a lot of people go through. I think that's fairly common these days. And so when I was at my corporate job, I worked there for seven years. And that's where I started to get this kind of inkling that there's got to be something else out there that I was putting in all these hours and I was being paid you know, on salary. So I wasn't getting paid anymore for working more hours, but there was kind of this underlying tone that it was expected to work 45 plus 50 plus during the busy time of year, you know, even 60 plus hours a week. And so when I got together with my husband, we started dating and started planning, getting married, and we knew we wanted to have kids, I just felt like that wasn't going to be the long term place for me to be because I knew that my priorities would be changing once I did have kids and I don't want to spend all day with plus the commute, you know, being away from my kids. And I just didn't feel like I had a place to give my input and how to improve processes. I just didn't feel like my voice was being heard. And then I looked on up the ladder because the original plan when I started working there was to move up the corporate ladder. And when I looked at the people ahead of me, so my team leader and her manager and the director and everybody up the chain, I just saw that they were even more stressed and working even more hours than me. And they were constantly, you know, responding to emails in the evenings and all through the weekend. And I just felt that when I had a family, I wanted to have a better, you know, work life balance relationship that I could, you know, focus on my family and not feel always pulled toward my job. And also, you know, for the step in pay, it just didn't, I just knew there had to be some other ideas out there that there were, I just had a feeling that there were people out there making a great living, making great money, feeling that they were living up to their potential and, you know, kind of in, more in control of their schedule that they were, you know, able to work when they wanted and then plan around. And I just felt like I just felt a little bit rebellious. Why does life have to be around this certain, you know, Monday through Friday and sometimes on the weekends, you know, schedule that what would it be like if I was completely in control of my schedule? And so that's when I came across a book called Escape from Cubicle Nation by Pamela Slim. And that title just called to me. And I think this was back in 2009, that was the year that I got married. And I just remember that title just like reached out at me when I saw it on the bookshelf and I thought that's exactly what I want. And so reading that book started to open up my eyes to the possibilities of working for myself and becoming my own boss. But I read that book and I didn't know what I could actually do. Her audience was more in the tech industry and I wasn't in the tech industry. And so So I wasn't exactly sure what skills I could translate. I was in retirement plan administration and I didn't necessarily want to build my own company around retirement plan administration. So at first it was just an idea that, you know, I want to figure this out at some point. And then when I ended up getting pregnant with our first child, then I just knew that that's when my priorities were shifting. I didn't want to have to work so much you know, and be away from my baby. And so that's when I talked to my husband about trying to plan, you know, for me to be able to stay at home. I saw my friends beginning to have families and stay at home with their babies. And I just wanted to have that flexibility to be able to stay at home and kind of figure out what my business would become, what it could be. I figured that if I, you know, had more space in my schedule that I could really figure something out. And that's what eventually ended up happening.
0: Yeah, I think what I really, um, you know, noticed about what you were saying, even before you said the word control, was that, you know, working in a corporation, you don't have control of a lot of your circumstances. And that can be really frustrating for a lot of people. I think people often find themselves feeling the same things you felt, but you decided you were ready to make a change. So why don't we focus on that a little bit? Uh, What kind of support did you have to go ahead and quit your corporate job and give yourself some space to just, I mean, it sounds like you stopped working for the corporation and then you kind of had some free time to think about things and not a lot of pressure to earn money right away.
1: Well, it was a gradual process. So in order for, I mean, the first idea was I want to become a stay-at-home mom, but I knew that I wanted to do that so that I could figure out A business to start where I could, you know, create it around my own schedule and have flexibility while while my kids are young and then be able to build it up and then devote more time to it as my kids got older. So that was the original plan. So in order to plan for that, we looked at our budget and how much my husband was making. And so when I was pregnant, when we looked at the numbers, it just wasn't going to work out. So there wasn't enough there from what he was bringing home to be able to cover all of our expenses. So we ended up working really hard. We had bought a car. We, we bought a reliable family car when we were pregnant with my, with my son. And so we paid that off really, really fast. And so that we could, you know, get rid of that payment. And then I ended up going back to work full-time after my maternity leave ended. And then after like a few months in, I was like, well, maybe we can figure out how to, you know, I can work part-time and that would be an easier transition. So I ended up going part-time for a year. And so that helped us adjust to moving to a single income and so during that time then my husband got a promotion and then after the year ended I was pregnant with my daughter and by that time the numbers aligned that we were able to make it work but I still was you know trying to figure out ideas of how I could make money and I didn't know what that looked like so I ended up um, one of my friends joined a multi-level marketing company so I Took a stab at that, selling jewelry. And I thought that would be fun, a great way to make money selling jewelry. And so it was fun. And so I did that for about a year and a half. But it, I realized quickly that it wasn't a great income stream because there were expenses with purchasing the product myself and purchasing all the supplies and everything required that I would have to, ha- I would have to be working a whole lot more than I wanted to devote to it. In order to turn it into a decent income stream. And so um, I ended up jumping or kind of stepping away from that. And then when I had my daughter, then I, that became my goal that I was able to stay home finally when I was pregnant with my daughter. And then that became my goal that I was going to figure out what I could do. And in that, and I just kind of had this faith that I would figure it out that, you know, something would, would come to me. And so when I Came home within a couple of months, we had built up savings, we were trying to be smart with, with our plan to adjust to a single income. So we built up some savings, but within a couple of months, our savings had started to dip just slightly. So that's when I decided, well, I've got this background in finance, you know, this is, everything's on the line right now. I didn't want my, you know, desire to stay home with my kids and have more flexibility in my schedule, be, you know, a stressor for our family and our finances. And so I was like, I'm going to figure this out of how, you know, I figured it would take a detailed budget and figure out how we can be on top of things so that I could continue to stay home and not have to go back to work when my daughter was brand new. So I did that and we ended up working on paying off all of our debt. So we created a goal to pay off all of our debt, including our mortgage, instead of just staying afloat we made this big massive goal because that felt like it would put us in a less vulnerable position to get rid of all of our debt quickly if my husband were to lose his job. So with that, that's where people started to ask us how we were paying off debt so quickly. And so with that, I decided to become a financial coach and start a personal finance blog about our journey getting out of debt because I realized that I could help other people do the same thing. So I felt like that was my thing that we had this great story of paying off our debt quickly. And so that's where I started online.
0: So I have to go back to something you said about how you convinced your company to let you switch to part-time because when I was going through this process and I was getting ready to quit my day job in favor of taking what I was doing on the side and turning that into a full-time business, they, were, they said, well, You know, I I had pitched some ideas to them about flexible schedules, and in the end, they didn't want to go ahead with that, so I just quit. Mm -hmm. Uh, How did you convince your company to give you what you wanted?
1: That's pretty much what I did as well. I submitted a proposal. Um, So a few years before I submitted my proposal, there was a team member who had done the same thing. They let her go part time for a while when she had young kids at home. And so I thought, well, if she did it, then maybe they'll let me do it. But by that time, management had changed. I submitted my proposal, which I thought was really great. And they said no. So then I talked to my husband and we kind of just said like, well, We'll figure something out. This is when I was doing the jewelry business. So I was like, I'm going to just make this work, you know, if I need to. And so I ended up putting in my resignation. And that's when they came back to me and said, Well, what if we make you a temporary contractor, and then you can have flexible hours. And so I ended up losing my benefits, which to plan for me quitting my job, we had switched everything to my husband's benefits from his employer. So the benefits weren't as important as having the flexibility in my schedule. And so that's how it worked out. So it ended up being a temporary position that they said, let's try this for a couple of months and see how it goes. And so they ended up letting me do it for a couple months and then a couple months turned into a year. And then by that time, then they said that they didn't have any room in the budget to continue. But then, so then I was like, well, You know, I guess everything happens for a reason. It's been a year, but now, you know, Mike got a promotion. So we're in a better position financially now and I'm pregnant. I feel like it's a good time to leave. And so I did that. And then they actually did call me to see if I could come back during the busy season. But that was right when my daughter was due. So I said, no, I'm going to be having a newborn then. So that's how it worked out. It wasn't it wasn't as simple as me just asking to go part time and them being okay with it.
0: So was there anything that inspired you to have the confidence to quit or go through the process of leaving, or you know were you ready to you know you ready from the beginning to kind of make that decision?
1: No, well, I felt when I first started to learn about becoming my own boss, I mean, I always thought that sounded like a cool idea, but I didn't really i it felt like that was something that other people could do, and just thinking about starting my own business that just sounded like a huge. Thing to tackle to figure out and a lot of stress and a lot of weight on my shoulders to make it work but i really was being drawn to that idea so i kept reading business and leadership and marketing books to learn about it and then that's when i also got into podcasts so i heard interviews with other business owners and how they did it and how they managed a team and some were you know had local businesses like brick and mortar businesses and others had online businesses and then it was really just listening to those stories of how people started and bootstrapped their way to a successful business and when i started learning more about the online business world That's what drew me to that because I knew that that's something I could create in my own schedule that I wouldn't need to have like a brick and mortar shop where, you know, I had to be there, you know, Monday through Friday during certain hours or even on the weekends. And so I really liked the idea of an online business and the flexibility that that provided. So it was really just surrounding myself with those success stories, which is the same thing that we did when we were getting out of debt. We surrounded ourselves with success stories of people who had gotten out of debt. And so that just you know, prove to us that it was possible. And so I did the same by listening to podcasts of online entrepreneurs and their success stories, and even, you know, tiny niches that they were, that they found their place and they were providing great value and they were able to either, you know, offer a product or monetize their website in some way. And that just really appealed to me that it could be something I could start off small and I knew it would take time to build up. But since we had put ourselves in a better position financially then that, then I had a little bit more time to figure out how I was going to make money from it.
0: And now you have your own success story that, that you're able to share.
1: Yeah. So I started um, my first website was com, and I ended up selling that last fall. That was a great place for me to get started in the blogging world and to learn about online business and test things out for myself. So with that, that's where I learned, how to do Facebook ads. So I did Facebook ads for a couple webinars and I had really great success with that. So that kind of led to some consulting projects that I did last summer in 2016, where people had heard about my success with Facebook ads and brought me on to be a consultant and train their team around Facebook marketing and Facebook ads. And I really enjoyed that. And I also was a book launch team manager for a book launch from last spring, 2016. That was really fun. I really liked being in that role of helping other people grow their businesses. And so the more I did that and the more those opportunities came my way, the more I wanted to say yes to them. And I felt like that was where my heart was and helping other people grow their businesses. Then it just kind of happened naturally. So by the fall of 2016, I was leaning more toward becoming a business coach of some type, but I wasn't exactly sure what my niche would be, but I just knew that I had to make a pivot and I didn't feel ready for it, but I knew that it was time so that I could give it my all and really put my heart and soul into a new business. So I ended up selling my website and at that same time, that's when people started tagging me as someone who could help with Facebook ads in different Facebook groups that I'm in. So when people started tagging me, I didn't feel quite ready to, you know, raise my hand and say, yes, I can help you. But I thought, well, sure, let me see what you, you know, what you're looking for and I'll see if I can help you with that. Because I knew that I needed to step out of my comfort zone and open myself to to that challenge that I just knew that if I could put myself into that position and say, well, we're going to figure this out you know, because I know the basics, I know how to do it, but I also know that I'm a really good student and I'm a fast learner. So I can figure out whatever I need to learn. So using that helped me to step into the role. And then once I got a couple clients just from people tagging me, and then they were getting really great results with the Facebook ads we were running. That's when I was like, okay, I think I need to own this. I think it's time for me to officially say I'm a Facebook ads coach because I'm having a lot of fun with this. How could it be any perfect that I'm loving spending my days with my clients and in the power editor and creating ad campaigns and we're getting awesome results. And I just felt like everything was finally coming into alignment that that's really how I'm supposed to be spending my time right now. So then it just took off from there. And I actually have been building up my business faster than I planned to because I've gotten clients just from word of mouth and I keep getting more clients just from word of mouth. And so I haven't had to do much promotion, although I did launch my website in June of 2017. And so I've been, you know, more stepping into the role online and having more of an online presence for myself. But it's been really great to build my clientele and be booked solid for the last several months with Facebook ad clients that have come my way. From word of mouth and referral.
0: You mentioned earlier that you know you, you do this because you want to have more time and you want to be able to have flexibility and everything. And one of the things that I noticed when I started doing the whole work online thing, working from home thing, is after a while then that starts to take over your life. And so, and so I've had to do a lot of stuff to try and maintain some sort of a balance because you know I, I do have a son, and right now I am a single mother. And so, what do you do to? you know, keep it from overtaking your life so that, you know, the the whole reason that you quit your regular job doesn't end up like, you know, you, you end up in the same spot. So how do you keep from doing that?
1: For me, it was, I knew that I always wanted to be, I knew I was a hard worker and I had this really strong work ethic, even from like high school and college days, I was always working a lot. And so I think, you know, looking back, it wasn't that I was I mean, part of it was I wanted to be more in control of my schedule so that I could be around more for my kids. But once I did have that opportunity to stay home, I felt like I needed to have more of a purpose and have something else that was my own project to work on. And so like when my husband and I got we were started to get out of debt and we planned this garage sale like that was a big project that I really loved putting my time you know, into and setting that up. And I felt like, gosh, if I can have more of these projects and cleaning the house wasn't as big of a project for me. I'm not the most domestic person. So once I started with the online world, I just wanted to delve more into it and spend more time on it. So, I've transitioned now from having a little bit of childcare and preschool for my kids to now I have full time childcare. And so I am working 40 plus hours a week, but it also comes in waves. So, right now, this is a really busy month because I'm getting ready to launch my brand new course. And so it's a busier month right now, but our July was more focused on family. We did a lot of traveling and over the weekends and birthday parties and things like that. So that was more focused on family. So then once August hit, then I felt like it was time to, you know, focus more on my business and move forward with things in my business. And so I feel like now it's going to be a little bit different and it might not be that I, you know, only work my schedule for work usually starts at around 9:30 or 10 after dropping the kids off in the morning so it's you know it might not be that i just work you know 9:30 to 4 every day it might just be that there are you know busier months and then there are months where i have more flexibility so it is something that i'm trying to be mindful of that i'm not working too much but i also know right now is one of those seasons where i am working a lot but it is just a season and next month will be calmer So that's how I'm looking at it. But I also know that I'm doing what I love. So it doesn't feel like work. And so that's what validates that I'm doing the right thing because I really enjoy spending my time on this. So I'm trying to, you know, just be mindful also that I am playing both roles well.
0: One of the things you said earlier was you were inspired once you surrounded yourself with other success stories. And you found those stories through books and podcasts. How can people find success stories that speak to them?
1: So I think you've got to be open to it, be open to looking for those things. It could be a simple Google search. There are lots of, if you're interested in online business specifically, there are lots of bloggers who post their online income reports. And those inspired me early on that I knew these were regular people making great money online and looking at how they do it. And a lot of them are very very detailed as to how, you know, where their money is coming from and how they're doing it. But the Smart Passive Income podcast was a big one for me because especially early on in the podcast, he would Pat Flynn is the host and he would interview online business owners in super small niches and that where you would just be kind of surprised that these people could make good money online in their niches, like one is uh, in a scrapbooking niche and she makes six figures a year in the scrapbooking niche and she went into detail about how she did that. And so listening to that podcast really opened my eyes as to the fact that there are multiple ways to make good money online. And that's given me a lot of education to help my clients with too. So even if something doesn't directly apply to my business and where I'm at right now, I'll pull ideas from different podcasts and different books I read that I can help my clients with.
0: What do you like so much about Facebook ads?
1: I really love that Facebook ads give you a way to scale so they can allow you to do two things. You can either test a marketing strategy that you have. So if you want to grow your email list, you want to uh, test a sales funnel, you want to test a, you know a new income stream in your business, then you can drive more traffic with Facebook ads for a very low cost compared to traditional advertising. You can reach a whole lot of people for very little cost. Then on the other side, if you know you've got something that's working, so you have a sales funnel that leads to your course. A couple of my clients, they have a sales funnel that's working really well. It's an automated webinar sales funnel and it leads to their course. And so we know that if we can get people onto the webinar using Facebook ads, then we can just scale up from there. And so it's very easy to scale You can just find more people on Facebook. There are over 2 billion people on Facebook now, and over 1 billion people logging into Facebook every single day. So in most cases, if you have a business, your audience is on Facebook, and I just love that now small-time business owners can be in the advertising game and the marketing game and reaching those people where they are, and they often perform better than those large companies because people like to connect with real people, and the big, you know, big corporations feel kind of, you know, more distant, that there's not really a face or a name to the company. It's just a company. Whereas people like you and me, we can really have a great presence and build that relationship and that connection on Facebook even faster.
0: About how much does a small business have to spend on Facebook to see some results?
1: That's the beauty of Facebook ads is that you can start with a very small budget. So The way that I set up the campaigns is I set up a daily budget in the ad set. And the minimum budget per ad set per day is $5. So with $5, you can get started. I recommend starting with more than that so that you can test different audiences and different ads. So I generally, when I start working with a client and we start a new campaign, we'll generally start with anywhere from $20 to $35 a day more if they have that available budget to work with. But generally $20 to $35 is a great place to start because we can start first with testing different audiences at just $5 a day. And then once we find that, well, these audiences are really connecting with our campaign, with our offer in our campaign, then we take it to the next step and then test different versions of the ad. So really, you can keep your costs fairly low.
0: So tell us about the course that's coming out soon.
1: The course is called Flourish because I want to help you flourish with Facebook ads It is for bloggers, online experts, and coaches. I break down what I've been doing with my clients. So teaching how to create high converting Facebook ad campaigns. So I teach you about the steps that you go through to have a solid strategy before you even step into the power editor to create your campaigns. We break down what is the strategy going to look like and what strategies have worked for me and my clients. Then we talk about the different audiences that you can test because there are a lot of different audiences, possibilities, and Facebook is adding more and more every day, it seems like. And so they're giving us a lot of options that we can play with and test. So I give my perspective on what those you know, best audiences to start with are, and then how to create an audience around your ideal audience member, how to find those people on Facebook. Then we go into the ad creation, which is, they have a whole, a lot of different ad types, ad formats. So you, we most often see the single image, but there's also carousel ads with multiple images, video, of course, Facebook live, and then they have slideshow and canvas and so all these different options. And so I break down, you know, when would be a good time and place to use those because I use different formats for different purposes. Then also going through, you know, how do you choose if you're going to use an image ad or a carousel ad um, with multiple images, how do you choose a good image and what to look for that what's, what's going to grab your audience's attention in their newsfeed and also then how to write a good ad because the copy is a big part of it too, how to write a good headline, how to write a good ad copy that draws your audience member in and then the strategy behind different purposes with that so if you're doing a traffic campaign then the copy strategy is going to be different than if you're trying to get somebody onto your email list which is a bigger ask than just you know wanting to get somebody to just click through to your website so there are different strategies involved in writing the copy and the headline and choosing the images so i go through all of that and then of course how do we put this all into the power editor because the power editor can be a little intimidating i know when i first got into facebook ads and learning facebook ads i was completely intimidated by the power editor and so i break it down for you how to use the power editor what you really need to pay attention to what all the settings and options mean and then all the cool tricks that you can do with the facebook ads platform that you might not be aware of and then how do you analyze your results and test and tweak in the ads manager so all of that i go through because I just, it makes me cringe when I see people wasting money on Facebook. I, it, it makes me cringe just as a money person to see people wasting money in general, but especially on Facebook ads. When I see an ad that could be so much better or that could convert so much better. So I want to help as many people as I can. And I, at being booked up for months now with my private clients, I knew that it was time for me to put all my knowledge into a course. So that's what I've been doing. So that's why it's, it's coming out now this month. And so you've got the link, Harlan, where you can direct people to. Harlan is an affiliate. And so I've been working with Harlan, if you don't mind sharing. Harlan, we've been working together. Yeah,
0: full disclosure, (laughs) Monica is our Facebook ads coach and consultant for adulting. So uh, the ads that you might have seen on Facebook are, are due a hundred percent to the work that we've done with Monica Uh, and they have been very successful so far. So we're continuing to expand that and yeah, I do have a link. So if anybody's interested is listening to this, who has their business and they want to advertise on Facebook, I highly suggest working with Monica and you can go to adulting.tv slash FB ads to get some information on the course that's coming up. And uh, I plan on taking that course. So eventually I can can graduate into, you know, being good enough to uh, to do some of this myself. But Monica has been a great, great uh, help getting things off the ground. And uh, it's been several months. It's been I don't know how many months now, but I don't know, maybe six more. I don't know. But obviously it's been successful for us. And I hope to expand on that.
1: Yeah. And with the course, I want to give as much support as I, as I can since I know with working with my private clients then we can you know go into their campaigns and create them together and so I want to I'm trying to recreate that with the course cuz I know there's going to be more people in the course and so I have a Facebook group where I'm going to encourage people to post in there you know I'm thinking trying to pick images for my ad you know what do you think about a b c or d uh, or I'm working on my headline what do you think you know about these different or do you have other suggestions for me so I want to get feedback and we're also going to be having group coaching calls twice a month so that we can dive into people's campaigns specifically. We're going to have hot seats. So we'll have somebody in the hot seat where we can go into their campaign and as a group give feedback. Of course, I'll be giving my feedback based on my experience, but I find that I love working with my clients because it's great when we put our heads together. And so I want to recreate that in the group setting. And then there will be opportunities to work with me privately as my availability allows.
0: Fantastic. So why don't you let everybody know where they can find you? I already gave the link to the course, but if they want to contact you directly, what website do they go to or what social media?
1: Yes. Okay. So you can go to com. That is my main website. Then if you have any questions about the course or about anything at all, feel free to reach out to me on my Facebook page and you can find that at com slash Facebook.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today. I think uh, this has been helpful to anybody who's thinking about who's tired of their corporate job and wants to strike out on their own and see what they can do. And also to those people, once they have done that, to get the word out about their businesses and their products and uh, advertise on Facebook. So it's, this has been uh, you know, a real interesting podcast. So thank you for joining us.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me.
0: And uh, you can find more of these excellent video podcasts at adulting.tv. And of course on our YouTube channel, as well as on Facebook uh, adulting and you can join our Facebook community as well. Hashtag adulting. And if you have a question for us, we'd be happy to answer it in a video or in a podcast. You can do that at adulting.tv slash ask, ask us anything. We'll find someone if we don't, if Miranda and I don't know ourselves, and we tend to know a lot of stuff. So that's why you should subscribe to our podcast as well at adulting.tv slash iTunes if you want to subscribe using Apple Podcasts. But if you want to subscribe using something else, you can find more links at adulting.tv. So until next time, remember to behave like a grown-up. Thank you for listening to Adulting. Find resources for this episode or download other episodes at adulting.tv.